Hello and welcome to episode number 222 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. We're still going. We are still going, even though there's not going to be any big releases for a while by the looks of things. Um, but there's always digital platforms, right? There's always Netflix. <laughs> yes, Netflix has been pretty prolific this year, you have to say, mm. um, in regarding the genre stuff. And um, yeah, they've put out some pretty decent stuff. And yeah, this week's movie, His House, um, which we will get to shortly, kind of came out of nowhere, to be honest. Mm. Um, I don't even know if we I think we might have referenced it very um, quickly last week. Um, Maybe. But this certainly wasn't one that was on anyone's radar prior to its release, um, mm. which is which is always cool, kind of, really. You know, when these movies just come out of nowhere. But yeah, we'll get to that shortly. Um, there really isn't too much news this week. There's a few news stories here. And then there was actually one pretty big news story that dropped like about an hour ago Ooh, as a recording. Nice. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, but to start with just these first few, um, the first one is another TV show, Cancellation, um, which is a show that we both watched a little bit of, I believe, season one, um, which is Castle Rock. Um, did, did you did watch? We a, did we have a season two? Yeah, there was. Um, did you watch all of season one? I watched all of season one, yeah. Mm. And I remember there was yeah. meant to be a season two, but just yeah. really that fast. Yeah, so season two came out, like, I think last year. Um, and I think overall people seem to like it a little bit more than season one. For me personally, mm-hmm. it didn't sound that interesting at all. Um, so, you know, nowhere near as much as season one. And obviously, we, we talked about season one a lot. It, it had really mm-hmm. high, like, I loved the first few episodes and it just completely fell off a cliff. Um, but yeah, no surprise, really, that this one's been cancelled. Um, this one was on Hulu in America. Um, and yeah, it comes by way of deadline, um, basically saying that there were no expectations for a third installment and the decision to end the series after two seasons was made a while ago. Um, this is one of the main reasons as well is that, um, uh, basically Warner Bros TV are the, apparently the kind of producers of the show. Um, and they're basically shifting their, um, focus towards TV shows on HBO Max, (laughs) um, which, yeah, could be good TV shows, um, away from Hulu. And so that was one of the main reasons. And then as of right now, there are no plans to bring Castle Rock Mm -hmm. to HBO Max, um, which is another kind of on-demand, um, kind of service that we don't have in this country. Um, well, it's going to have a lot of big exclusives, especially next year that I think a lot of people around the world are going to want to see. Um, and yeah, as of right now, I believe it's US only, which is just, crazy to yeah. me in the modern era um but yeah no more of the show like i say i don't really have too much to say on it like we already discussed no. one. um and yeah both of us didn't feel the need to watch a season two and it seems like a lot of people didn't because they yeah this it. is this is the most unsurprising news stories we've had in a while when it comes to yep. cancellations 100 percent um but yeah next up um this is just a small update on a movie that we've not discussed for a while um which is the kind of latest installment in the wrong turn franchise um this was one that like Come i think on, we just discussed... demand platforms <laughs> i think we discussed this at the start of the year like literally in your yeah, upcoming list I think so. um and it's been really quiet we've literally not heard anything about this i'm pretty sure this you know was finished filming last year um mm. and i think it was known as wrong turn the foundation um at the time wow. um but yeah the update is that there's been an mpa classification listing um for simply wrong turn mm. um and so seemingly with a new title and it's just been given an r rating as you suspect um and yeah that's pretty much it right now sabin films is listed as the distributor um so yeah we're kind of waiting on news really but this seems done um come on guys like this we need to be watching this for next week's show (laughs) like this is this is what we need right now and especially like uh (laughs) like don't get me wrong like of all the movies out there this isn't the one that i'm like hell yeah this (laughs) top of my list but like this is a realistic expectation yeah that, that this movie is coming out on demand anyway so, yeah. like, put it out on demand when we're all hungry for on-demand stuff. Like, it's an absolute no-brainer. Yeah, and I agree with you. This is a movie where you should, you know, now it's rated, you can put it out, and you should mm-hmm. put it out, like, one or two weeks after announcing it. Like, the idea of being mm-hmm. like, hey, here's a trailer, come watch this movie in June next year. Like, you can go screw yourselves. Like, you need to put this out ASAP. Um, which, that has been the case, to be honest. Mm-hmm. There's been a few movies, like, we talked about The Witches, where that just popped up randomly in the kind of yeah. rating boards, and then was obviously released very quickly. Um, but yeah, that's that one. Um, and then next up is a little Blu-ray announcement, um, which is actually a UK one this time, <laughs> which is nice. 
because uh, we talk so many about these that are just these mm. US ones, which are the, the incredible ones that we've seen this year, most notably the Friday the 13th box set, um, and also that lovely version of Haunt recently. Um, this one's definitely not as strong, no. um, but uh, it's 88 films are releasing a I Know What You Did Last Summer trilogy box set. Um, and yeah, apparently there's a third one because <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> have you seen the third one? <laughs> yeah. Have you actually? Yeah, I think oh I've got it on DVD. Yeah, I had a feeling you might. Um, <laughs> well, sure, if you're a bit, tell me everything you remember about this movie. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the title? <laughs> uh i'll always know what you do exactly. or something like that yeah something yeah. like that oh, that's oh. a pretty that's a pretty good title yeah um, uh something like that but yeah this is um this is available on, to pre-order on amazon right now so the retail price is 30 pounds um and it's coming out in december the 21st of december mm. um so just around the corner really and just having a quick glance at it, it seems pretty neat um you know for someone who likes the first one at least um yeah. it seems cool it, it's not kind of anything crazy it looks like just the free movies on not regular blu-rays um yeah the extras are nice there's blu-rays i'm sorry there's a booklet there's postcards there's a really nice poster the, as well. the, the extra stuff looks very nice but the blu-rays are but by my eye the very bog standard blu-rays i'm pretty sure i have one of them Yes, and I'm um, I'm pretty sure as well. There's been no extra work for these. I yeah. think I'm pretty sure it is just a re-release. Yeah, um, so, because so there's like, no talk on like the quality or the you know the remasters. No, or anything no, like there that. doesn't seem to be any of this. For, for me, I thought this was quite a disappointing offering. Yeah, uh, of, of something that kind of you know this is a franchise that I'm you know I, I like, and and if there had been a nice one, I mean you know especially the, you know obviously the first two movies and the first movie but like um i think if they'd have gone the extra mile and and put them in features and give them a 4k and like i think the artwork work for the actual box is quite nice and if they'd have actually mm. given new artwork for the for the discs and just a few more extras and everything else this could have been a really nice little set but in the end it just feels like a very quickly put together thing that that yeah i i personally don't you know have have the buzz for yeah, I'm with you. Like this is this definitely has its pros and cons. I think the price point is good for for a trilogy. It's not amazing by any stretch of the imagination. But no, this, this, is two, seen... this is two features. This is this is two yeah. movies. <laughs> like I've seen the third one. Like this is for two movies. It's just like well, they made three, so we might as well shove the third one in. Which, to be fair, like I'm down with. Like yeah, if this yeah. was between two or three, and there is three, I'd much rather it was the trilogy, even if I never watched it. Um, but yeah, it, it could have had more work, and especially I want to know about the fact that on the listing itself, on the product description, there is literally nothing about the quality of the films. Mm. Um, it talks about like the type of audio and then all the special features, but it doesn't say a single thing about like you know, like you say, it's clearly not 4K um, or anything like no, that. So that the, it, the the artwork picture of those three boxes that is my exact copy of. Yeah, I I, I, um, I still know what you did last summer. Yeah, that, which that's is my exact um, copy. Yeah, it's just a bog standard version. Mm. So yeah, it's cool if you're like a mega fan of these of these films. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's kind of like if you're a mega fan, have... you own them already. <laughs> yeah but like um it's been in the news recently obviously mm -hmm. with like the tv show coming and that and they're movies that i've definitely not seen well over you know 10 years so i would definitely like to yeah. check out the first two at very least um but probably won't be picking this one up um oh, and then lastly um but certainly not least because this this is the one that came in just now this is a pretty mental news story i don't Give even know like this is one of those ones where like it just i felt dejected and then i try not to be a debbie downer so we, we'll see how this oh, goes no, i was but, excited um, when you said there was breaking news you didn't tell me it was bad breaking news well i'll let you be the judge my friend um because it's regarding a quiet place franchise and um it's not about part two um so basically deadline are reporting today that paramount have hired jeff nichols to write and direct a third installment in the franchise which will release in theaters in 2022 i know um, i know why don't you put out part two <laughs> the, the do that so deadline added that the the story is based upon an original idea by john krasinski um who is only on board to produce this movie um of course he he they're saying wrote and directed the first two movies which is 
accurate but also there is the beckham woods who obviously came up with the original idea for the for a quiet place and i can't remember what their involvement off the top, off the top of my head in part two is no, i think they, 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 they were involved because they spoke about it in our that's what i mean yeah so i think it's, it is a collaboration between yeah. the, the duo and john the first two movies and then clearly that's not the case with this third installment yeah um and yeah as of right now part two is scheduled for release april 23rd 2021 um yeah, what do you, what do you make of this? Like, I, this was one that I just read and it blew my mind. Where I couldn't even get over the fact that they're talking about a third movie right now. No, I mean either, man. Like, I I try not to get angry about what should be a positive announcement, but I'm pretty angry. Like, yeah. uh, and I shouldn't be, but I am because I want to see part two. Like, I don't I don't care about part three. I don't know if there's a need for a part three because I haven't seen part two. Like. Mm. And and for someone that's wants that movie so goddamn bad, like, don't start giving me other things in the future. Like, we're not seeing part two in, until twenty twenty one probably. So let's not get excited about the next movie coming out that year. Like, did you say twenty twenty one? It's coming out. No, twenty twenty two is what is part oh, three. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Um, the part two is coming out April next year. Yeah. Sure. We'll see. Like- yeah. <laughs> These are both apparently, yeah, released in theatres as well. I did like that, that it said yeah. release in theatres in 2022, because <laughs> I was like, man, that's a bold claim. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, kind of, this makes me less excited about part two. And it just kind of shows me that Paramount are already just ready to milk this franchise dry. Um, and as someone who was, like, already kind of, like, had to be talked into a part two, mm. um, the fact that John was returning to direct was a huge plus. Yeah. And and especially getting that full cast back, I was then like, okay, like I will at least watch this and there's a big chance that I can enjoy it. Um, but even though like I've, I've been on the record multiple times, I think The Quiet Place is a perfect movie that never needed any sequels. Yeah, um, the problem is then- the, the further you get removed from them original creators, the, the more yeah. risky it is. Like obviously it could work and it could mm. be great, but there's just a much higher probability that it won't. And like, yeah, the more removed you get and and – you know, John stepping down to producer is a massive, you know, a, a massive thing. I, I already think that, like, my assumption would be, and this is purely an assumption, is that part two is the the conclusion of that family story. I, I will not, like, I do not see any of those four cast members returning for a part three. And I think that this would purely be a, I don't think it would be called part three. It would have a completely different title and it would just be set within that mm. world. Um, it very well could be a prequel as well, which would probably be the most likely thing. Um, mm. But again, this is purely <laughs> speculation on the movie that as of right now, I have zero interest in. Um, I looked up Jeff Nichols as well, because he's not a name that I knew off the top of my head. And he's done a handful of movies that I've at least heard of, but none of, none of them were ones that I cared enough to see. Um, yeah. So, you know, again, not in my will. He, he certainly hasn't made any horror movies. I'll say that. Mm. Um, but yeah, this is goddamn so, so weird. Like, it's one of those things that we keep talking about with distribution and all this stuff where it's like, it shows you that these companies are at least, first of all, they're confident in getting these movies out that are already done to the point where they are already starting to like finance the next parts of these movies for the for the history of of the future of cinema going forward and i'm glad they're confident because like as a as a movie goer i sure as hell ain't confident like Mm. i just want to see the movies that are in the can right now like they're the ones i'm worried about and it's great if we can still get more of these movies going forward but like man it's a struggle like it's just weird to me that like oh yeah it's you know these big productions can still go ahead and you're just sitting there thinking that there's going to be theaters and cinemas to be releasing because i'm sure as hell not going that right now <laughs> look at the state of the uk right now I like know. i really to me i think we're getting closer and closer to the death of cinema every single day I so i just i just don't i just don't know <laughs> yeah i guess um, it's just like what can they do like the second um the second they announce, like, coming to uh, your eyeballs in 20, mm. you know, like, they've all, you know, the, the tagline is always coming to theatres. Yeah. So, like, um, if they if they take that away, that, that whoever does that first, it basically announces the death of cinema. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, like, if Marvel just say, like, oh, yeah, the new Spider-Man, that'll be out that year, and they don't remotely mention, like, cinemas or yeah. theatres, <laughs> then yeah. we've got to worry. Like, I've always thought it was a weird thing that the, the, that people felt like they had to say in theatres, but now if mm. they don't, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh, no, it's begun. Mm. I yeah, like I, I did my panic glass with my bottle yeah. of whiskey in. 
I, I didn't put it in the news, but I did briefly see as well in the past week that I think Tenet is coming out on Blu-ray in December, um, which is really cool. Like, it's cool to get such a quick turnaround for mm. that movie. And, you know, it's a movie that we've talked a lot about because it was that benchmark of the only big-budgeted movie to release during the pandemic. And I think at this point it made about 350 million worldwide so a decent amount but also certainly nowhere near the level that a lot of these movies want to make mm. um so it, again it's an interesting one to talk about obviously not for the horror sphere but just in terms of like when will we be seeing these big movies again um because yeah there's plenty of horror movies that make plenty more than that you know like something like halloween kills like that was the whole reason why they moved it away from this year's halloween mm. is because that original you know that 2018 movie did so goddamn well and even they wouldn't be happy with 350 million right now let alone like a brand new christopher nolan movie um and certainly if a marvel movie came out and only made 300 million right now jesus christ you wouldn't hear the end of it like that would yeah. be a huge you know <laughs> devastation for them yeah um yeah man. yeah but yeah, we will see. It's so weird, man. Like every single week, the news always throws up something that I'm just never expecting, um, <laughs> which is the joy of 2020, really. Um, shall we talk about this week's film? Yeah, why not? Why not? Let's talk about His House. So yeah, obviously, as we mentioned, kind of at the top of the show, um, this was one that really came out of nowhere. And I think obviously mm-hmm. now we're in this era of, of for the podcast of trying to find these digital releases. You know, being on Netflix was obviously a huge win. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like an easily available platform. Um, and I think for, for, for speaking for myself personally, kind of as someone who tries to create create the movies for the podcast, um, it's it's always an interesting one because obviously there are the huge releases that we know we're going to cover. And then there are the weeks when it's like, oh, okay, kind of this sounds interesting. This sounds interesting. And this was one that um, kind of came out. Um, it got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, mm. which, um, you know, for me personally, I don't follow Rotten Tomatoes. I don't like the way they kind no. of promote Curate their business, shall we yeah. say. Yeah, but, but but what that does mean is that plenty of people are watching a movie, plenty of people are reviewing the movie, and then I guess you could glean from that that most of the reviews are positive. Um, but other than that, I don't think you should ever look into their service too well. Um, but this was one that, because of that reason, and also I just like when I don't know hardly anything about these movies, um, because obviously sometimes I have to watch maybe a trailer to get a sense of a movie, whereas this was purely one that was like, it's on Netflix, a lot of people are talking about it right now, and I know literally nothing about it, and so that was why i went in with that sort of kind of view on it um yeah. which is rare for me like i have all like, that's, the... that's my approach yeah so that's why i, I wanted to get out there. More, more of this movie than you yeah potentially because like i said i literally knew the title i knew it was set in england as well um which was obviously a positive for me mm-hmm. um and other than that i was like yep yeah, netflix it's got the whole hundred percent thing i was like okay people are at least talking about this movie <clears throat> probably deserves a conversation on the podcast um so other than that i literally knew nothing about it <laughs> like, mm. i didn't know if it, what type of horror movie it was going to be or anything really which is cool for me like i was i really like that because it is rare there are so many movies that as we've discussed stuff like antebellum that just kind of hangs around for so long and i feel like i've already seen it at this point um mm. which i haven't <laughs> um yeah i know where, what you mean yeah, yeah no i think for me like i i saw the buzz and i kind of thought oh we haven't really spoke about this movie mm. i had a little look into what it was about and then i was like oh hope matt doesn't spot this one i'm gonna forget about it <laughs> <laughs> so what did you know go and then that made you feel that way um no it wasn't so much um what the movie was about it was more just the reviews and stuff it just kind of mm. um it, it just all felt a little bit excessive and just people were all saying the same thing, which I just mm. didn't believe. And I just thought, I don't know if I want to get on this, this, this train, but, but we now have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what but, is the movie actually about then? Yeah. So th- this movie is um, about a uh, refugee couple who um, have just escaped from, there's like a civil war in, is it Sudan they come from? Yeah. I think? Sudan, um, yeah. yeah. And basically, yeah, they've they've taken refuge in England, and they've they've we joined them as they've just like um, they were in like a quarantine prison slash. Well, it looked like an abandoned high school, didn't it? That they were. It, it, it must have been a school, yeah. Yeah, um, 
the the, the for, for a number of months since their escape, and now they're being like let into kind of the the um into kind of an English town where they um have been given accommodation. They've been given a very small amount of money. And they're basically not allowed to do anything. They can't work. They can't kind of move. They can't do anything. And they're under a very watchful eye until they're kind of deemed to... I mean, I don't even really understand what the process is. Like, they're just Mm kind of, like, massively under a microscope until the powers that be decide that that they're not going to be under this microscope. Um, So, so yeah, we joined them kind of like... moving into this house and the house is very derelict in a very rundown kind of aggressive looking neighborhood and it's them kind of getting used to this new life dealing with the the trauma of them getting to the country and also um you know that starts to manifest itself in the house itself which starts to have the spookies happen um and uh you know, almost like uh, this movie needed CM Punk with a nail gun, really. That's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring up that film, whatever you do. I'm banning it from the, from the podcast. <laughs> I will forever remember that film. I do not need, that's the last thing I need to be reminded of in 2020. <laughs> These are the sort of movies I need in 2020. <laughs> So, so yeah, um, yeah. I think I think up until the CM Punk, I'd pretty much got there for for the synopsis. <laughs> that was mm. just a little. That was just a little bonus for you. Yeah. So yeah, basically, this couple trying to adapt to life in the UK. They're in a house, and then a bunch of spooky shit happens. Yeah. Um, which Go yeah, on. it's hard to kind of talk about it without going into spoilers. But yeah, yeah it was we'll get there. Yeah, like. <laughs> This movie I um, was interested in kind of the the first third, I would say, really interested. I think what you've just described is... Is the interesting part. Yeah, because mm. as you just said when you were discussing it, the whole, you know, they're just under the microscope and then you don't really know what's happening. Like, I'm totally with you where um, the words asylum seeker, immigrant, refugee, these are all words that I'm familiar with and understand. But in terms of the actual legal process about what happens to these people mm. when you enter a foreign country i have no idea on it like literally no idea and no, so that was why i was so confused by the procedure and i thought yeah. it was that was super interesting yeah because i was like i i, I know that this happens but yeah hmm. like and it felt so like underground and shady you know like this 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 high school prison that they were hmm. in that, that you know that, that we kind of like in the very opening scene as they're walking to like their hearing trial or whatever hmm. um you go past other cells where people are like you know beat up and you know it's a really horrible place to be and i kind of want them to be there a bit longer to be honest and kind of discover more about that world yeah because that was interesting and like you say i can only go off what the movie presented to me because Mm. i have no idea if this is completely make-believe if this is like the most realistic portrayal in the history of cinema like i genuinely have no idea um so i'm just going off what they gave me but i I thought that was all really interesting and then another aspect really early on is the whole idea of trying to kind of put this in a time and a place because you know it's the uk but mm. you have no idea in terms of the year and i thought that was a really cool concept early on where i'm like okay they're in like a a van that looks kind of shitty i'm like okay this could be it looks kind of 80s because everything's a bit drab and kind of like middle england and then kind of um pretty early on they have like a mobile phone um there isn't like a top of the range smartphone but mm. it's certainly a you know a phone released in like the last 10 years so i was yeah. like oh okay this is like way more recent than i was expecting um and then kind of like the biggest um thing where the movie really does date itself is when they're in a he's in a bar watching mm. football mm-hmm. and um they're singing about peter crouch yeah. you can see him playing for stoke and i was like oh, okay like <laughs> in my mind that was like six or seven years ago something like that that's, that's exactly what i was like when this movie <laughs> played i was like wow they talking about peter crouch are they i was like yeah this is a deep cut that no one on the podcast is gonna care about. <laughs> well, and again that was an interesting choice yeah. because it wasn't just a random football match from the last year or something it was mm. specifically for that because it's you know they actually incorporate it in the plot which i enjoyed yeah um but it was so interesting because i was like okay in my mind now i'm like it's it's somewhere in certainly the last 10 years and maybe yeah. closer to the last six or seven um but, but so then i at least knew like okay this is modern like this isn't like wow look at how crazy the uk handles this stuff in like the 70s or yeah the 80s. definitely it's like way more recent which i found cool um 
but again this is all the very small stuff which is setting up the main plot mm. which is this couple living in this house and i think again another aspect of the movie which is one of the smaller peripherals and i think that's why because i'm more drawn to the the smaller things in this movie rather than the wider the wider thing that it's about is the kind of like culture clash and them trying to get used to being in the uk and it's something that is kind of like I liked it in the movie, but I thought it needed to be more of like a major point because it just ends up being a very small thing where you have this couple where one of them feels very strongly about trying to adapt to the culture and the Mm. other person doesn't. And that is that in itself is definitely enough to like carry a movie. Um, Mm that could be where a lot of confrontation comes from but it's kind of like just there in the background and then just and, and then like had there's some interesting scenes involved in it and then it's just thrown to the wayside pretty early on um because i feel like after the last sort of 45 minutes of this movie or the first 45 minutes of this movie then it just isn't really brought up again um which is a shame but um yeah getting into the actual horror i guess is where the movie really lost me um it is Again, I hate like sounding like a broken record, but we, but we know what my pet peeves are at this point, mm-hmm. and I don't like when the only use of horror is through these kind of like hallucinations and dream sequences. Um, it's always going to turn me off, and it's so hard to do it well. And as we've discussed, especially this is like a you know they're set in a house with freaky shit happening, so it's very yeah. much in that subgenre of kind of like haunted movies and as we've discussed that to death, like certainly not my favorite subgenre. again, when it's done amazingly well, like the conjuring two or the haunting of Hill house, like it's, it doesn't matter because they do it so well that I absolutely love it. So I'm not like completely oblivious to it. Um, it's just the fact that most of the time I don't think it's done very well and I don't think it's done very well here. It's just kind of these random scenes that don't really go anywhere. And then you really start to just lose track of what is actually going on to this couple because it's supposed to be this real human emotion story um especially when you get into their backstory and kind of why they were fleeing and then you know the kind of they're almost struggling from this massive guilt about this trauma that happened to them at the start of the movie Mm -hmm. and i feel like that it's it's like they belittle that because of how ludicrous the kind of horror sequences are to me anyway um yeah to the point where it just got a bit silly like he, they see stuff in the walls and hair and stuff and so our lead character he just starts trashing the shit out of this house um literally like tearing down the walls like hammering every single hole in the wall and i was just like this is just not a reality that would ever happen because he's got neighbors he's doing it all night he's like constantly making noise like they would get complaints they would come over they would see what they've done to this house and they would get thrown out immediately yeah. like that's that's just the reality of what would happen you you cannot completely trash a house that has been given to you um it was just ludicrous so like that really took me out of the story um and and yeah the, the, then a the movie just gets really kind of supernatural um and I think first half I was invested and I really wanted to know what was happening to this couple. Um, and then kind of the more information the film gave me, the least, the less interested I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's always the problem, right? Like you want it to be the the opposite. You want every time there's that little piece of the unravel the story, you become more and more invested, intrigued. Mm-hmm. And that was the complete opposite. I was like, this is a really cool setup. I really want to know what happened to these people, why they have this crazy guilt. As they gave me more and more of the story, I cared less and less and less. And, and by the time it got to the finale and, and the closing moments, I just was like, okay, this is just this really kind of, basic story actually like extremely basic um that you've kind of like forced to be within a horror movie and i think you have these two things that are clashing where you could have made this just a normal drama and it would have been way more impactful um because i think the horror completely detracts from like the message and what they're trying to tell you Mm. um and I just think the horror in general is just not done well. Like the horror in this is the worst part of it by far. And we are judging it as a horror movie. Um, so ultimately I was definitely disappointed. Like I would say overall, I thought it was okay because I was intrigued. Um, and I always want to at least give a credit movie credit for that. Um, and I've certainly seen worse stuff, but like, it is weird that this is one of those movies. that seems to kind of just picked up this general buzz. And mm-hmm. I think Netflix, 
geniuses like they are so good at doing this with their movies yeah where they they can come up with something that has almost no names in it from no name people and and they show up they shove it on their platforms and servers on their service and they actually make people interested in it and want to watch it and want to talk about it um like the platform earlier this year a movie that i enjoyed way way, way more than this um for the record but that was a movie that came completely out of nowhere no one had any clue what that movie was was until they dropped that netflix magic and that netflix market and managed to get people to talk about it um which i was thankful for because i enjoyed that movie but with hair it was the reverse where i was like man you've really kind of you're selling me a dream that just isn't what this movie is at all um mm-hmm. what did you make of it overall um yeah pretty pretty similar to you really where the parts of this movie that i liked was the drama and the the kind of you know the the whole like, like you said that the refugees kind of trying to find their way in society and kind of like it, we really got tiny little glimpses of that and it really mm. was the only part of the movie that i liked and kind of um i would have liked more of them getting involved in the community or trying to and having that that kind of push back and all of that stuff but it's really none of that and 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 yeah when 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 you actually get to the horror part of this movie and you get to the the actual what the threat of the horror is as well because it's not even like uh, early on the horror is the thing you hate most where it is this kind of ghost story where you just know it's a dream sequence every time yeah. like it like uh, f- for me the first like half an hour of this movie i never once felt like the threat was there no you know, it's not it's not like an Annabelle movie where I thought there would be a tangible thing or, or that I thought that the ghost would ever react with our main characters. Yeah. Like, I, I just felt like it, it was there for, for the spookies. Yeah. And, and yeah, so like um, it, it was weird because for someone who um, watched this, like I watched this on an iPad with headphones right. in. Yeah, and like um, I don't know why. Like I was just like I can't be bothered to put this on the TV, and like had it with that, on. and it was like quite an effective way to watch it. Mm. And like at times, it um, th- those scenes made me feel tense in the way that those scenes try to. But like I just don't care. Like I j- like yeah, I was feeling a bit tense in the moment, but like it was only because it was loud noises and like things running mm-hmm. at the screen. But then like the second it ended, it had no weight. It had no feeling after it. Because yeah. you just wake up and start the next day. And, like, um, yeah, it's a massive problem with a horror movie that you're waiting for the drama to kick in and the horror gets in the way. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, as soon as we get to the final third, the horror really ruins the drama of this movie because um, his his wife has this whole scene that just made no sense to me where she was kind of, like, running away but then was kind of like in this daydream and was in these flashbacks and i was like mm. is she is she running in, in 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 our time or is this just all a flashback or are they together and it was just like it was very confusing and like um i was wondering how you felt about that scene because i wasn't sure whether i just switched off for a second and, and maybe no. it in somewhere or no you're yeah, absolutely right it, this was this was when the movie really took a turn and, and throughout mm. the whole movie we've seen weird visions and hallucinations but this is when they really switched it up and we were seeing like it was like a actual minute. yeah we were seeing yeah. actual memories and actual flashbacks of thing that's the things that actually happened combined with weird hallucinations and shit that isn't going on in the present and that was yeah. when i'm completely with you where these were like big reveals that are supposed to hit home but you completely sully that because you're showing it through a, a, a narrative for a storytelling device which is hallucinations so i'm like sitting there as a viewer going did this actually happen and i'm pretty sure the movie's telling me no 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 this is the storyline i'm like well i don't know anymore because there's been bloody weird shit happening throughout the whole movie so i don't even know what to trust at this point no and i think like um with that kind of they do a really bad story of of uh, like i think the the actors at times did a really good job both of them of um portraying that anguish and kind Mm. of torment of their travels to get there but when you actually watch it like i was confused like because it because it not not going to spoilers but like there there's a whole their their journey to get to england is a journey like it's a real kind of like backwards and forwards what happens to them and we get Mm. to see it over a series of flashbacks yeah and it it started to get super muddled and super confusing as to what actually the the big catalyst event how that went down for me because it was at dark it was at sea and it was and it, it just got very muddled and and yeah it just um yeah for me fell very flat 
so that when we got into the final scenes and we had kind of like the the conflict and resolution and ending i was just kind of like i really was just numb to it all i found mm-hmm. myself repeatedly checking to see how much time i had left to get through it and and yeah it was just just not not for me at all really like i said the the horror was nothing for me i really got nothing from it and it was just the actual like real life just kind of what well, the interest of kind of like what what this struggle and journey could be for someone and, and actually just seeing that on film was more interesting than, than the horror movie definitely for sure like we, we see it's so weird right the whole mashup between drama and horror because we mm. talk about it a lot there's a lot of movies that i i consider mostly drama with horror elements and that's perfectly fine mm-hmm. and and i'm more than willing to say like they're a horror film you know something like joker is like a perfect example mm. And even like Devil All the Time earlier this year is like, it's a drama, but there are fucked up things in it. So then it makes it a horror movie. And again, I'm perfectly okay with that. But a movie like this, it should have just been a drama. The, the yeah. stuff that's horror is so bad and so detracting from the drama that it just completely takes away the impact that these huge emotional scenes are supposed to have. And so like whoever basically decided they wanted to make this into a horror movie, that's like where the, fundamentally the entire movie just falls apart for me. Mm-hmm. Um because I do think there's an interesting story to be told. I agree with you that the acting is definitely the strong point. Yeah. Um, and like, they almost do a better job really than you could have possibly imagined. Because they do a better job than the script they had in front of them. hundred percent. Yeah. Because it's just this mess from time to time. And um, again, not to go into spoilers, but like this movie is clearly keeping a lot from you as a viewer. And mm-hmm. I, I had kind of figured out at least one half of what was going on, but there was like one element to it that just didn't make sense. Um, and then once they kind of told me that I was like, oh, okay, it all makes sense now because like it, it's all centered around what happens at the start of the movie. And the, the movie is purposefully, like you said, like they just show you nothing. Um, mm. Like about eight minutes into this movie, when they arrive at the house for the first time and she's like basically looking at this kid's doll, I mm. rewound the movie on Netflix just to watch that opening like 10 second scene on the boat again, just to make right. sure I was like, okay, yep. There was a kid there. Right. Okay. <laughs> that's what, that's what happened sort of thing. Yeah. Well, that because stuff is so quickly. dark. Yeah, it's so dark. It's over so quickly. So I was like, because they really don't hit you over the head with it. But what the movie is about is that they lost their daughter during trying to get to the UK. Mm. And but the movie purposefully doesn't really tell you that it all it definitely purposely doesn't show that and so you're like okay clearly something happened <laughs> that is going to be the big reveal and like i said i worked out half of it but it didn't it didn't make sense what i'd the conclusion i'd got to until there was like the one missing element that the film gave me and then i was like okay that makes sense like it's an interesting take for sure but then once they revealed that like the movie completely lost me then because I was like, I know exactly what's happened to these two people. You can then judge them however you want. And then to me, the the kind of the whole perils of the whole story is over. And then when you get to those final scenes of horror, it's just like, and again, I'm with you that visually the movie was fine. Like there's some cool visuals that, um, that mm. happen from the movie. Um, but it just but has no weight when, when no, it exists, you know, it's and always I think at the that's a problem the we have. Well. With, yeah. That's a problem we have with horror in mm. this scenario that, it doesn't matter how effective the horror is. Mm. If if it's in a world that, that you know, if it's in just fake scenario, and I'm, I'm not talking like, you know, Freddy Krueger dream sequence or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's just that you know that there's no real risk. Like there mm. are things running around this house and running out our lead characters, but never at one moment did I feel like they'd ever get interacted with. Mm. And so it just kind of, it feels like you're walking through a, a, a haunted house, you know, a, a ghost ride at an amusement park. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas, whereas, yeah, you know, the, the, you know, with a with a good horror movie, it could be less effective on the scares because I do, yeah, like I think the imagery um, of the, the the things that are after them and the sound effects and everything else, the horror was done well. Like I could see people getting scared of this. Like I say, at times mm. I was quite scared in the moment. I listened to it with headphones on, but it's just that sort of horror leaves me instantly and just doesn't. It's not what I want. Like, I'm not here just for a quick, like, cheap scare that means nothing. No, it's the equivalent of watching a drama and then every 10 minutes you pause it just to watch, like, a horror short film, basically. Mm. Like, the, these two things are just so completely disconnected and didn't feel like they earned any of those yeah. horror moments. I'm it with was you, that bro. egregious night-day cycle. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that, 
that you know is just very frustrating let alone when it's you're looking forward to the day cycle as opposed to the night <laughs> yeah like I, and this movie follows so many of those conventions in a poor way because the, mm-hmm. the whole idea of the house you know this movie's called his house mm-hmm. and and kind of there's a point where our lead character says like right we just need to get out of here and he tries to like get a new house and mm-hmm. all of those scenes where i'm just like to what end like because you haven't told us as the viewer yeah, or, or got it across yeah like that it's the house is the problem um or anything like that. we don't even know what the problem is all we know is that weird shit is happening so like i don't know i just get so not, lost in these moments not for one second did i think that this was a haunted house story not for mm. one second yeah um so yeah when he's trying to do that i was like mate it doesn't matter where you go like mm. um could could we also just not <laughs> call a movie something house yeah. like not not even have like house in the title of your movie anymore mm. like it's too confusing at this point yeah on netflix like it, like, <laughs> yeah well it just gets to the point yeah that i start searching like house and i'm like what what house movie am i watching right now <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i know the title doesn't stand out at all um no. the, the only one other random thing that i really wanted to discuss because i feel like i've just basically said everything i want to say about this movie was that like matt smith's in this movie um <laughs> yeah which is weird as hell as someone yeah. who has now seen this movie because his, his role is almost the one of the most forgettable roles I've seen in a movie this year. Um, he's in about three scenes. He doesn't do anything remarkable. I would say that almost any competent actor could have achieved this character with not with very little work. You, you didn't even have to be a competent actor because it was just a nothing <laughs> character. It really yeah. was. And like, I, I was just watching because like... his his character was so flat because he yeah. hadn't, he he gave no. Like we we learn early on that like um, you know, and again this is where it just doesn't back up on that opening premise because that opening kind of uh, trial hearing and like facility was a really intimidating place. Yeah, and then kind of like he's the most unintimidating like liaison officer ever, where he's very mm. sympathetic. Like you said, like they should have been chucked out of that house, and he's just like, nah, I'm gonna give him a break. Yeah. And it was like, there was no reason for his character to be like that. And yeah, it, it was weird that he was in this movie and the role itself was just even weirder. Yeah, I, I just felt like, man, has the work really dried that up, up that <laughs> much for Matt Because like, again, I just can't believe he would... movie would do that to a career. Well, yeah, and it's like, I, I was actually looking at his filmography earlier and like, he hasn't been in a huge amount, like to my surprise, really. He's a guy that I've obviously has been around the peripheral, especially in, in British stuff for like, mm you know the last yeah. five or ten years he's not but... like he's not like tenant after leaving uh doctor who is he <laughs> no like he kind of got the success and obviously recently he's kind of done the crown which is like another big success mm. for him but like really not made it in movies and so maybe it's just a case of getting anything like it's on netflix it gets your name out there but this is one of those roles i'm like why did he take this i just don't see what he would have found kind of like what's the word like professionally fulfilling about this role? i think i think i mean it's not really part of the conversation but it's probably more exciting to talk about in the film that i think it is a thing with the english british actors that if you want to stay in this country you either have to be prepared to travel for your work constantly around the world, mm. or you have to just take these parts to keep busy in England because there's not yeah. this peripheral of like big movies that you can do that are in England. So like you either have to go abroad because you see David Tennant in a lot of like low key stuff, more of the kind of terrestrial TV dramas and that sort of thing. But he's in a he's in a ton of those. Yeah, it's like is that there is agents on the phone be like, listen, I've still got EastEnders calling, and Matt yeah. Smith's like, I'll take any movie, all right. <laughs> yeah but come on just just a six week run you know <laughs> give me some commish <laughs> yeah it's, it's a weird one so yeah I, i'm pretty sure that's like the perfect way to stop talking about this movie because it's so. it really didn't leave any impact on me like i watched this two three days i think two days ago and mm. i've almost forgotten it completely um, yeah i mean i've watched it less than 12 hours ago and i've <laughs> pretty much forgotten it <laughs> Yeah, which is some, and like I say, my overall thoughts when I watched it was like I was engaged in the first half, mm. and then the story completely lost me, and I, and then the horror was just bad. So like, I'm not going to sit here and say this movie is a complete abomination because it's no. not. But like, it's so it's such a bang average movie to be getting any sort of reception. Like, I love that earlier this year something like Host was yeah. one that broke through to the mainstream definitely more than this i should say um but like it was it got people talking about horror and and that was great because that was such a great reflection of horror mm-hmm. um and this is one of those ones where i'm like man if you're like 
watching Blind Manor or maybe even you might have just seen Hill House for the first time and you're like on Netflix and you just want to see something else horror. And this is the thing that Netflix wants you to yeah. see, the mistake. And that's like, uh, that's really bad on Netflix's part because they have plenty of other better horror stuff on their service that Definitely. they should be recommending to you. Um, but yeah, as far as recommendations for me go, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend this. Like, there's some decent drama stuff in here, but like as a horror movie, it completely fails. Yeah, for sure. I echo that. I think, you know, the, the drama stuff needed to have been done better as well. It had, yeah. it had the, the premise of something that could be fun. And then when it leaned into the horrors, when it fell away. And yeah, I just think there's a there's a ton of better stuff. And like in terms of horror, you know, you mentioned it earlier, like stuff like the platform is just way, mm. um, way better that came out on Netflix this year. And let alone the stuff on yeah, Shudder being killing it. Like uh, as far as 2020 it being slim for horror, this, this still isn't something that you should really be putting your eyeballs on. I don't think. No, for sure. A good actor. though. I hope that, I hope the actors get some more work from it. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, but yeah, that was our discussion of his house. We will take a short break and we will be right back. So yeah, that is pretty much it for this week. Um, slightly shorter show because obviously last few weeks we've had loads to talk about. Like last week, talking about two movies. The week before, we was talking about Creep Show as well. Um, so yeah, I don't think we have any listener feedback uh, to talk about as well. Um, the, the only thing that I have watched in the last week, and again, I don't want to have this like really long conversation about it because I'm sure there's plenty of people that don't want to hear that. <laughs> um, but the Mandalorian obviously returned. <laughs> oh man, we, we might need to just talk about it off air because it's so <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> Like, I, and again, no spoilers in the slightest, so don't worry. But the, no, the most we're not gonna do that. episode, episode two, was my favorite episode that they've done so far. And like, oh, incredible. I, just, I just loved everything about it. And, and like, I again, I gave credit for like the witches and stuff recently for being able to do this in the COVID world. And like, again, I get that Disney have unlimited money. That's <laughs> besides the point. But like, to get a TV show out less than a year and to maintain this level of quality. To, again to just put on a streaming service and get everyone excited to watch every friday is like it's such a joy and it really is like it's only been on for two weeks but it's already one of my favorite things this year of it's, like every it's friday honestly, morning like, oh, I get to watch yeah. mandalorian again it's honestly made like this world we're in more bearable which is mm. which is like few and far between right now like yeah. as as cinemas taken away from us and as things get moved further and further away and we've got this promise of a 2021 which is just clearly not going to happen and like um you know, watching Mandalorian has been so good because the mm. show is incredible. The first two episodes have been out of this world, and yeah, it's not yeah. it's not something for us to go into massively, but it's it's incredible. Like I love the second episode so much. It it made me laugh so hard. Yeah, it, just, it was, but it was a fantastic. You know, it, just this fantastic fifty minute journey. Yeah. Yeah, like the joy that I got from it, where it's not a comedy by any means, but like yeah. I laughed so much at this episode. And one thing they've I want to give the this... sweet spot with the child yeah. so much. They've they've nailed it. Like they really have. Because it could have been like it could have gone one of two ways, and they've oh, really yeah. nailed it so far. Yeah, for sure. Like it became, you know, because the child got so popular, and I really wondered how they would handle that popularity in season two. Mm. And like I say, so far, absolutely perfectly. But the one thing I want to give the the, the show massive credit for is kind of like obviously over the last like decade i would say and kind of like the rise of prestige television like tv is obviously better than it's ever been no question about it from my eyes um mm -hmm. and it doesn't even matter what you're into like there's something that's happened in the last decade on tv that you will love yeah, and that, that would have been almost better than anything else that's ever passed before 100 yeah like you can have these favorite shows like my favorite show lost is not from the last decade but just like the overall level of quality on tv has never been this high um and so but the the kind of the catalyst to that is that so much tv is like long-term storytelling and is kind mm -hmm. of like a breaking bad like you have to watch every episode it's very consistent yeah. and it drives forward this overall yeah, story be an episode about a fly that you just have to well, watch to that's get like <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because yeah like that's the one episode in like what 70 year episodes or whatever mm -hmm. but like something like mandalorian that i love is that like the whole monster of the week that yeah, style yeah. of tv get shit on so much where people are like we don't want it like the whole x-files thing we don't want that anymore i want to have consistent storytelling i want to have game of thrones you know with this crazy lore and like mm. i for me personally what i want from the mandalorian is a monster of the week i yeah. am a i am a star wars fan I, i've i'll never consider myself 
a big Star Wars fan, even though I've been to like Star Wars celebrations. So I guess that like de facto makes me a bigger Star Wars fan yeah, than we're, most we're people. In there, bro. We're in there, bro. We're in there. Like but again, think... there's, there's there's fandom on another level. But like for yeah. me, with Mandalorian, I'm not the guy that's like, oh, so where is this in the timeline? And I need to know how this links to the. I'm like, no, I, I'm in it for the cool visuals, the humor, the exciting characters, and just these messed up monsters and creatures well, and, and different just planets. To see, like like episode two, we got to see the X wings and like mm. just seeing them in the Mandalorian world, like seeing them next to the razor crest was incredible and like it's just so well done yeah but again i just love the fact that it's like again not to talk spoilers but it's like just go to a random planet yeah. meet some random monsters have a fun wacky adventure for 40 minutes yeah. and that's that's that like i really think especially with episode two you could watch that and not really know anything about the mandalorian oh, and i still think get enjoyment from it and that's again that's what i want it's cool that they're gonna have long-term storytelling of course it's gonna tie to the bloody thousand movies and a hundred year history at this point um but i personally like mandalorian just because it's a fun adventure every week so yeah. Yes. and i i there really is a lack of that on tv is kind of my point i'm trying to get across mm. like the monster of the week stuff just gets shit on so much and i don't yeah. understand it perfectly like that's why no, i've leaned into more luckily, towards anthology what, television well yeah i was gonna years. say that's why we've really like creep show and stuff hmm. yeah because like I, it's cool where it's like here's the story that's going to be told to you over the next five to ten years that's great mm. when it's done well but i also like tv where it's just one and done every week <laughs> you know and it's like you could miss a week and still you know have that same fun adventure so that's what i really Speak, like you're speaking it. to the x-files fan bro <laughs> that's X-Files the thing fan. like i'm basically giving a backhanded compliment to the x-files mm-hmm. um because shows and, like i'm receiving it <laughs> like shows like that are what i want i want to see more of you know like it's cool when people are like yeah you want to watch like you know hannibal for example and again I, i've never seen the show so maybe they do do monster of the week i really don't know but i'm assuming that's like a core story that's told over three years yeah you which get then your thing like that because because obviously yeah not to go into it but there's a there's a while where will graham and hannibal are working together so you do mm. kind of get that bit but but yeah there, there's a there's the overall world storytelling quite often and i think kind of I mean, I mean, basically, what you're saying is you want me to lend you my um, <laughs> collection. Well, if only Mandalorian didn't exist, mean. because Damn right it. now I don't need it because I just watch Damn Mandalorian it. every week, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to enjoy that more. <laughs> um, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I just wanted to give that a shout out, like I say. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for this week. Um, like I say, going forward. You tell me. There's going to be some digital releases. <laughs> There's like other movies that will obviously come out, like as we keep discussing stuff, like Antebellum is out in the US and Lionsgate UK apparently doesn't exist anymore. I mean, we're a couple of weeks away from possibly just reviewing the Arrow re release of Travis. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. Because I'm going to get it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. We shall see on that one. Like, it's one of those ones where if this was like when it initially happened, like if we were talking July again, we would absolutely be talking about like Wes Craven retrospectives right now, but because we're like in mid November, I really want to just ride out this shit show now for the rest of the year as much as we can. Um, but yeah, should we just do a year end next week and then we just could talk Wes for the rest of the year? Oh, I thought you were say, and then just sit, we'll see you and we'll see you when new movies come out. Oh, that sounds even better. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see let us know what you guys want um hopefully you guys are still having fun yeah, because yeah they might do who knows <laughs> if we keep watching these types of movies every week um but yeah that was our discussion on his house um thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone I never could, and how could I start that?